Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, your life improvement series starts now. Hey, Heal Squad with Maria Menounos fans. Sorry to disappoint. Obviously, or as the kids would say, obvs, it's not Maria Menounos. It's Mr. Maria Menounos. Sitting in as the backup quarterback, trying to hold this team together. Today, we're going to talk about energy, uh, the energy that's around us, the energy we take in, the energy that's passed on to us by our family, our ancestors, uh, how it affects our performances, our life, our happiness, our bliss, our fulfillment, and hopefully what we can do to clear it, cleanse it. And we're with our friend, uh, Cindy Dale, who's been on the show before, but she's promoting her new book. Uh, Energy work for the everyday for the everyday to elite athlete. But I will say, and uh, as I read the book, as I was saying to Kelsey, I'm like Kelsey, come on, like I play sports, but I'm not an elite athlete. I really don't care as much anymore. But I'm like, so that's me. Let alone our audience. And Kelsey said, No, it's really not about that. It's really about energy and performance. And then when I think of my 80 year old father in law, who's still putting on giant roofs. I think of um, how he's done most of the practices in his book because he's from a different time, a different generation, a different country. Um, and he's able to do all that. And, and, and so really it's about these principles to really make your life better, healthier, more fulfilled. Um, and, you know, make it so you can be at 60, 70, 80. Do, you know, I, I always say, Kelsey, Western, Western civilization, Western medicine, has definitely a lot of great things to offer us. One of the things is I think it will keep us alive. And through the beauty of capitalism, they want to keep us alive so we can keep buying the medicine. But in that, it's being a lot, there's being alive, and then there's being healthy and productive and mobile, and that's not as concerning to them. And so these kind of practices make it so you can be, my regular guy theory, these kind of practices what makes it so you can be mobile and, you know, we all want to live. I'd like to think we'd like to live long lives, but we also want to be productive. 
And even if it's not productive with work, it's just so you can enjoy your life. So you can go on walks and you, you don't you be, can be self-sufficient. Yeah. And yeah. So anyway, so Kels, we will learn a lot today. There was uh, yeah, a couple a things. lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have hopefully. a cute quote from Cindy that kind of. Please do. Sh- oh, I do love share. it. Kelsey Alexander. Said, so this is from Cindy Dale, our beautiful guest. She said, when we unfasten our gifts, we also open our wings and then we embrace the world. And I love that. And she, we talk a lot about, you know, yeah, not dimming ourselves and our gifts and our light. But I think, but I think it's, yeah, I think it's the energy that blocks those gifts from reaching their full potential. And it's quantum. And I don't think it's woo woo. I think it's real. Your generation, because as we learned from Dr. Kim DeRamo, you know, your programming, your literally your body chemistries are, have evolved to the point that you're so sensitive, you're picking up all this energy and it's doing a number on you guys. Um, but I think it's always been around. And I think that, um, yeah, I think Cindy clarifies a lot of it and helps. So hopefully it'll help you too. Guys, I would love to know what you think in the comments. Um, give us that five-star rating on uh, Apple Podcasts if you're listening. And uh, without further ado, Let's uh, let's talk to Cindy Dale, and then we'll have some wrap-up thoughts too uh, when we're finished. And one more thing, Kev, before Please. we go to Cindy, yes. um, I just want to mention Macy's because we have oh, our we special page on Macy's. You guys know it's Maria's curated page where she handpicks everything. It's macy's.com backslash backslash heel squad and i'm telling you every time i go to like get new i know you really do yeah you buy everything i'm like wait it's on macy's though like macy's has everything i've been i've actually been a less of a consumer recently i've been trying really hard so i'm very like i've been very you've been um, more conscientious i've noticed yes exactly exactly but it's like whether it's like the anastasia brow freeze or like things i wouldn't think are on there they're on there you're getting more things you need and improve your life than yes Rather, oh, wouldn't this be yeah fun to exactly? Just and they're mm-hmm. all, anyways. It's all at Macy's, Macy's, which is amazing. It's kind of a one stop shop. So we have our our page, which I love. So you don't have to go like sift through everything. Um, it's on there. So it's Macy's dot com backslash heel squad. And even if you go through that link and you want something else, it really helps us. So wanted to mention that. I love that. You Thank know you. what, Kelsey? Mm-hmm. You know what I like? You're inspired. To do? What? I like to go visit Macy's. I'll tell yeah. you why. Because I miss, well, it, maybe it's a childhood thing. I don't know if it's other people, but, you know, we've become so shut in mm. that I like actually going physically to the store. To, to the store. I love it. I, I get myself a pretzel. <laughs> yeah. Wow. A, a nice pretzel. And I like to, yeah, walk around my Macy's. Um, Shout out to the one at Century City. It is a phenomenal Macy's. It really I is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And listen, listen, now I'm really going to go down the rabbit hole. But if you are on Christmas time, you've got to visit the Macy's in New York. Yeah. The historic, you know, Miracle on 34th Street, the whole thing. Um, it still looks the same. I digress. What a surprise. This is why I'm the backup quarterback. This is why <laughs> I'm not a starter. This is why I don't get paid the big bucks. You're doing I just great. come in just to pinch hit and hold the team together. We continue to support that amazing 500 record. It's all we have to do to get there till our starter comes back. Anyway, without further ado, um, Cindy Dale. 
When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code HEELSQUAD for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code HEELSQUAD. Trust me, you won't regret it. All right. Well, Cindy Dale, uh, because we know it's all about energy, uh, let's make all the time the precious uh, minutes we have with you count. Um, the book is Energy Work for the Everyday to the Elite Athlete by Cindy Dale. But I also, but I really want to say, going into this, I was like, you know, my athletic days are behind me. I mean, I don't, I still like sports and I work out, but it, it doesn't really matter to me. And then I read the book and I realized, oh my God, this is for everybody. This is for everybody who literally just wants to be better and more successful. So, Cindy, I have way more questions than answers after reading this book. But thank you for coming on the show again. Thank you for writing this book. Well, you're welcome. I'm thrilled to be here. And do I really look like an athlete myself? (laughs) I mean, I do. Well, you know, Mark Spitz, I'm going to date myself. Mark Spitz, his swimming coach, one of the greatest swimmers ever, could not swim a lap. 
So I always tell people that, like, don't judge your coaches, but, you know, like by what they've done, they may have a, a different kind of gift and energy, you know, so we've seen that before. Anyway, I digress, Cindy. So well, please. No, exactly. And I'm really emphasizing in the title the word the everyday athlete because, you know, I can get myself up a mountain, to be honest. I go hiking with right. my friends. Now, when we get tired, maybe three mountains in the hike, we take a taxi all the way up <laughs> and then have a beer when we're down. But you know right. what? This isn't about, it's not really just about athletics. It really is about the energetics of life, the energetics about showing up, the energetics about moving your body, right. the energetics about being positive and loving yourself. And then you love the world. And how that pays it's off healthy. in exactly. such a great way. So, so, you know, I have an 80 year old father-in-law who just put a 20 to a two or 3000 square foot roof on. And Kelsey had mentioned, I have two people working on a studio now that Kelsey thought were in their late twenties. They actually happened to be in their forties and she couldn't believe. And she said, Kevin, in her conclusion as a young person in twenties was Kevin, they move and they groove in their energy. It's, it's cause you guys are always moving. I'm moving. My father-in-law's moving these two people, but it is energy. And it's, to me, it's about, do you want to remain productive for those later years? I am confident. A lot of us will the Western medicine will keep us around later years, but do we, don't we still want to be productive? And I, and I feel like this book is what helps us get to where my father-in-law is. Cause he, he's someone from the village who's practiced all of this stuff without realizing he's practicing it, but he's from another civilization with no running water, no electricity. We're from a time where we've had all these modern conveniences. So we've lost our way a little bit in terms of obeying some of these laws and principles that you've amazingly outlined in the book. Um, there was one that blew me. I had to go and run in the room. By the way, the book's all yellow now, Cindy, sorry. But there's, but there's one opening, Kelsey, of this book. If this doesn't speak to you, if you are, you feel like you're an outsider or you're someone who's not seen or an overachiever or just trust in what I'm going to read to you. And then I want Cindy to tell us more about this experiment. Um, she talks about energy markers. Um, there are forms of invisible energies that once attached to a person compel mistreatment by other people. That's right. Think of an energy marker as a great big sticky note pasted on the body. Written on it are the words that face the outside world. People susceptible to that message because of their own inner programming read that note and respond in kind. In the case of a dancer client that Cindy was working with, her note said, do not let this person succeed. Chills all over my body. My goodness, my wife has worn this sticky note forever, but everyone has, a lot of people have different sticky notes. Um, we did, and we did the deep dive with this one person to discover that a jealous sister had inadvertently pinned this sign on her. As you'll discover, once you locate the subtle challenge, you can use any number of easy, subtle energy tools to undo much of the damage, but... Okay, okay, but let's get to, please, let's talk about these sticky notes. They're real. Oh, my God, please. Oh, they're real. In the old days, we called them curses, right? Yes. So no, and I have it in all my notes here. But the, like, yes, I know. It, it's like, I know it seems woo-woo and mumbo-jumbo, but it's not. 
It's not. It's actually science. It's quantum physics. We've known about energetics, like subtle energetics, for thousands and thousands of years. So I always quote the same statistic because I love it. Everything's energy. Albert Einstein said it. We're made out of oscillating fields of light and sound. However, we're made out of 99.999% fields of light and sound that are subtle, that are invisible. So most of what impacts us, most of what we're sending into the world, most of how people are treating us has to do with the subtle energetics. So I started to notice those sticky notes on people probably 20, 25 years ago. I was in therapy. I was doing energetics. I've been studying around the world with shamans and healers, et cetera. And I noticed that, you know, people would come up to me and then walk away. And I was like, wait a minute, I'd shower. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm a pretty good person. I'm not that bad looking. And so I went in, I meditated and I saw this big X on my energy field. Well, I grew up in my family system, the scapegoat, the one blamed for everything. I'm the one who had 30 different allergies. I started therapy when I was 20 and I had a therapist say, you know, I don't think those are all your allergies. I think you have them for the entire family. So Sorry, uh, I'm sorry. Literally, right? no. Right, because Maria's got her thing, and then Kelsey's got her sticky note. But please yeah. continue, Kelsey. Yeah. I just yeah. for personal, not professional reasons, be taking mental notes. <laughs> Literally, yeah, like, like, on the allergies. Yeah, like dump them out, right? Well, I did. I just did, I didn't know what I was doing. I just thought, well, I don't want them. They disappeared in me. They showed up in my family. So I saw those energy markers. They're like curses. So I just erased mine, not knowing any better. I just erased it. Well, not knowing any better, my life improved. So we are dynamically exchanging energy with other people. And the way people treat us isn't really usually about kind of our own sense of worth or our inner self. It's usually, I think, family programs, other other situations, you know, where people put energy on us. And then that's the message that other people read. Sticky notes. Who knows what's on our sticky notes? Why don't we put happy smiles on our sticky notes or give me a job on my, you know, on a sticky note? We can change the sticky notes. Uh, yeah. You know what I feel is so scary is, um, social media. And, and I know we haven't here, like, and it's way down deep in my notes, but talking about digital, digital forces out there, but there's so much negativity and fear and hate that's coming out that, um, I don't know. I feel like it's, I don't think it's affecting everybody's sticky notes to, to be honest. I, you know, I think people, I don't know. I've been interviewing a lot of, um, lately it seems like I've had a lot of interviews in this space, but you know, I even see young people now when I was going for going into a job, I was uh, I wanted to get the job, but I was excited to, to do things and build things. And I feel now the the people coming in with an energy of uh, pump the brakes. I, I, I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to be hurt. You know, I want to I don't. And so they're coming in with that energy. So don't you think they're going to be hurt by having that? Fear, which I, by the way, I understand where it comes from because there's so much of it out there. But, and yeah. I don't even, you know. It's sort of like an advanced law of attraction. I'm not a huge law of attraction person where it's like, if I think about this, it's what's going to get created because we have so many thoughts 
And there's so many parts of us sending messages out there. And we're in this ping pong world where who knows what's getting attached to our energy field or what's going in or not. But certainly the more you hold in yourself, hey, this world's so negative. People are mean. You know, if I say the wrong thing, they're going to kind of get on my Facebook or my Instagram and I'm toast or they're all going to fire me. I'm never going to get another like. The more we hold that stuff in ourselves, obviously, the more we're going to give that out too. You know, it's sort of like we need to be a little bit like Teflon without being Teflon. So I don't, what, Kevin, that's what I wonder is how do we keep our hearts soft? How do we stay open? I don't know. We read your book, I guess. You have to tell me. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, well, okay. Getting get back, getting back to it's funny because I want to pursue how you said about the laws of attraction. You're not that into that. So that's like, wait, what? Pump the brakes because all I hear about is laws of attraction. So wait, what about the laws of attraction has you a little bit, you know, guarded where you're not so all about the laws of attraction? Well, law of attraction is very, very mental based. It's very much about mind or brain. It's very much about thought. It's very much about, you know, think it and it will come, which sometimes does work. Um, But we can have a part of us hanging out, you know, kind of outside of our body or in our body going, I'm just going to cancel every positive thought out because I don't really want that or I don't think I deserve that. Or we might be around negative people who could cancel out what it is that we're focusing on anyway. So I think it's really important that we're as streamlined as possible. I have two ways to go with this. One is a story about a pitcher I worked with. Uh, Really amazing closing pitcher, like the best I have ever seen in my life. He played for a team, positive coach, and he he had this, this pitcher had this can-do attitude. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to like shut it down and he shut it down. Mm -hmm. Absolutely every game. Changed teams. I don't know why the coach didn't like him. I have no idea why. He never figured it out. Nasty coach, just just growly toward him. And this poor closing pitcher couldn't close. He let in two or three runs at the end of absolutely every game. So somehow he was porous. He'd go into a game, the pitcher would, going, I can do it. I know I've got it. Mm -hmm. So he was mentally prepared, but there was some part of him... It was still vulnerable. I mean, I can feel that energy of that, that coach from the dug. I pitched before, but I can feel the energy of that coach. I, if if I'm in a room of 20 people and I have one nasty person like that, I feel it. And to me, that so again to relate why this book relates to everybody. That's the nasty boss or the nasty coworker, right? So I get it. So tell me, how did you get him through it? Well, you know, I ta- I did a really simple model that just talked about frequencies that were just made out of frequencies. So inside of Cindy, I'm like a box. I have positive and negative frequencies. You never want to pretend you don't have any negative self-talk or you're absolutely there with your confidence. And then outside of your box, there's going to be people or energies that have positive and negative. So you got to know that going into a situation, like there might be parts of Cindy that do have a, I can't do it or whatever. That's why I'm not that big law of attraction. I think it's okay to own the parts of us that aren't just like totally there. And then before you go in, you make a choice. I'm going to just connect my positive with whatever is positive out there. And I'm just going to hold that energy. I'm not going to ignore my low self-esteem. I'm not going to ignore this boss that's overwhelming and 
I mean, they're strong. Those people who are in superior positions to us, they can fell us. You know, I had him place his mother. Mothers are great. Fathers are great too. (laughs) Okay. Or, you know, anybody who likes you. I had to make sure there was always somebody in the future. Yes. One person. Because once a coach doesn't like you, then the players don't like you. And it's sort of that mind pack thing. Then they attack you. Right, like you lost the game for I us. Mean, so, so when Marie was doing Dance with the Stars, this is going to support Cindy's book. Um, you know, she had a lot of toxic energy around her with the, what she was doing at the time, plus broken feet, broken ribs, <sighs> and a lot of pressure on her. And um, and I remember saying to her too, like, like Maria, you know, you got to hang in this competition as long as you can for your career if you want to get out of the situation you're in. Um, but, but I'll say this. We locked eyes on her her um, right before the semifinal dance. We locked eyes, her and I, and I, you know, and I gave looked at her and said, "You can do it." And she looked back at me and she's like, "I got it." And we just like that. She was like, "Don't even worry." Like I knew what was in her mind. She's like, "Sit back and just have a fun show with mom and dad because I'm gonna kill this." And she blocked everyone out, and her and Derek went out and like crushed. But it it's exactly what you're saying. It's just hard for the rest of us. And Maria's had moments where she hasn't been able to block them out. We all have. But I think you're right. I think also, too, with the laws of attraction, they're, I think what we're saying is they're, they're, they're not the end-all, be-all. It's a little limited. I like the idea of focusing on, like, if you leave your house every day and say, I'm going to focus on the good people I know. We go to, Kelsey and I go to this coffee shop near us, and all the people who work there are so incredibly nice. And it's not the nicest neighborhood. We, we've been robbed there and things. Like, but when my focus is on them, now all of a sudden that neighborhood, that my days turn around and I attract more people like that and minimize the others. So I, I guess that's one way. Can we back up to the sticky note? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to know how we clear our sticky notes. Okay, Cindy. but Kals, before we even clear the sticky note, yeah. I think we need to establish, each individual person needs to establish what their sticky note yeah. says. Right. So how do we do that? How do we get there to go? Okay. Because it's for the person who's always saying, why me? How come every time this happens to me, I'm the outsider. I'm the one who bears the brunt of it. I'm the one everyone's jealous of. I'm the one uh, that doesn't get picked, whatever it is. But I think we first establish that and then let's, we move to clearing it. Right. So Cindy, like, how do you establish that when you work with someone? So, I mean, I'm kind of lucky because I'm intuitive and I get pictures in my head. So I see people's sticky notes, like the vision will pop in my head. I worked with a woman a few years ago and her complaint was, I don't have any friends. And, you know, I didn't mm. like her. I didn't like her. Oh, she wasn't likable. Oh. I immediately felt this intense sense of dislike for her. Oof. I could feel the vampire it. energy. Yes. Oh, Well-intended yeah. vampires. No, we see them. Yeah. And I was able to say to her, you know what? I feel just like for you too. Let's see what's in your field. And I do like the word post-it notes or sticky notes. Let's see what's written in your field that makes people look at you and just feel distaste or their stomach. Wait, and you were that open with her to say that? I said it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when I was working on her, but we can do this ourselves too. I saw her as this little two-year-old girl. She had an older brother. 
obviously she was taking the place of her older brother, you know, and her older brother would just like drop her and hit her and kick her and, you know, make fun of her. And what was odd is the mother almost like went along with the little brother. So pretty soon she's literally fantastic. this bubble of, you know, being disliked. She was the scapegoat. She was that one who, you know, kind of literally the word scapegoat comes from Jewish tradition where once a year, um, you know, the Hebrews would take a goat, put it in the middle of the tribe and everybody would throw their problems energetically and or sticks and stones at that poor goat. So it would bear all of that for the tribe and it would die right with all that stuff. So we tend to have that patterning for at least one person in every family system, you know, where they take yes. what other people yeah. don't want to feel or be like. So you can go back to childhood and go, how was I treated? What was the what was the attitude toward me? What wasn't I allowed to do or be or share or what was my role? Maybe it was the hero. So it doesn't have to be the black sheep. It can be the comic or the hero. And so whatever starts when we're Kelsey, what? what? Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, But no, but but, but let's go back to this woman. So, so, okay. So she's, yeah, she's the scapegoat. She's kind of the, let's say your name is Marcy. It's like, oh, that's Marcy being Marcy. Marcy. You know how Marcy is, right? She's probably that. Oh, wow. Okay. And so then knowing that she's carrying that into other relationships. Right. But she wouldn't even have known it consciously. No, no, of course not. But when it fixes on us, this is why it's so important to understand the power of subtle energy, not just what people say, uh, right. Or how they treat us, but it saturates. So that literally landed in her. And so of course, then she meet a new person, say at school, and she'd avert her eyes. Or she wouldn't join a group because she would just assume they would think she's the weird one or kind of the runt, right, of the group. Mm. So it changes our behavior. What gets saturated inside of us is what is on those sticky notes. And we do tend to give that message off in our own behavior after a while without even knowing it. And once I said to her, you know, I feel dislike. I could see that energy marker that literally read, and she talked about her history. You know, this is an unlikable person. This person's an X, Y, Z. This person's not worth knowing. Um, she was like, I just asked her, are you willing to be, are you willing to change it? Are you willing to be seen? All of you, like your bright, starry self. She said, yes, you got to make a choice. Yes. At least, at least a half-hearted choice. Okay. Right? She made a choice. What was interesting is working with her. I could literally see because I see things psychically. That sort of big X crumble. I saw this light emanate from her. I felt more oh. like I liked her. A year later, she has a job. She worked at home pre-pandemic. Right. right. Oh, see people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's broken, beaten down by the world. Yep. Yeah. She had a job. She had some friends. She was entering a relationship. So it really is about this subtle energy and what we've taken on that I think subconsciously or unconsciously we believe. And then people read that off of us. So they just treat us accordingly. 
with that kind of personality, see what I have found is what she did successfully. The two things, the two, the two choices she made. One was to say, okay, something's wrong here and I need to fix it. What I have found with a lot of, and I'm going to call them energy vampires and there's like nasty ones, but there's actually like nice ones who are well-intended, but they drain your energy. And you're like, oh my God, I'm going to hang myself being around this person. But what I have found with most energy vampires is that they double down, triple down, quadruple down. They don't have the courage to look in the mirror and go, okay, something is wrong here with me. The ones I know say, no, 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 I'm going to keep being me. I'll be 10 times more me, 100 times more me. And that's the problem. So she recognized, okay, pump the brakes. Something is wrong and maybe I need to be open. Maybe it is me. And then she made that choice. But you had the courage, Cindy, to say that to her because I have only band-aided my energy vampires and then kind of gotten away from them because I, they, they've, I've, never been, I've never met one strong enough to hear the truth. Like, hey, you know, like, we're going to look at you a little bit here, but I, but I, I, I think that's a great note is the first step is you have to, when you see all the, why am I the one not being picked or why is everyone jealous of me? So like we can flip it. It could be an overachiever, but I've known a lot of overachievers who are left out because they're overachievers. I've seen that so often. I have had kids come to work for me that I knew were just rock stars and then none of my staff liked them. But because I knew it was like, I, but I could see, cause I could see little Maria. I could see, I had the ability to say, no, 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 this is a very bright light, but that brightness is bothering you and all your insecurities because you're falling short. But I was never, other than help that person get more successful, I, was, I never had your ability, Cindy, to say, okay, how do we come this? What do we do with the overachiever? Because a lot of our heel squad, our audience, I think are, in the sense are overachievers, underappreciated, but overachieving. So what, what do you do with that person who comes to you and says, you know, I, I, I just, I don't know what it is, but uh, people are jealous of me or people are against me. People don't want to be around me, even though I'm very successful. What do we do with them? Yeah, well, that's really a big issue in a lot of families and in a lot of cultures. And super athletes, too, probably who you deal Absolutely. with. Absolutely. People right? don't like them and then they'll pick on them and they'll come after them. And yes. It away. And they can sabotage them. Isn't it, and isn't it to bring them down to their level? I always say to get them on the bar stool next to them where they're comfortable, right? Yep, absolutely. So I like to look at things energetically. So often an overachiever is somebody who early on learned that they can get their needs met. They can show who they are by just shining their light really By hard. getting the gold star. Yeah, get the gold okay. star. Shine right. bright. Go for gold. Go for, you know, go for the, you know, kind of the blue ribbon or whatever it is. And there's typically, well, let's look at why people react to that too. Because let's say I'm just shining really bright and you two, you know, are hanging around me. All right. If you're not willing to be who you are, you're going to see this flashlight coming at you. This is what happens to the other person who gets jealous. So they see this flashlight coming into them and then they became a, become aware of corners of them that they're skulking in or they become aware, maybe unconsciously, you know, but of parts of them that they're hiding a dream they want to have come true. Yes. Here's a superstar having a dream come true. I don't want to face what I really want to do in my life. I don't want to bring up like little Cindy who really wants to be a dancer, a writer. A th I don't want to be a dancer. You know what I mean? But whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, I do. Right? Yeah. It's like, so instead of like bringing in that light and self analyzing, the person would rather just condemn the person who's really bright. 
So I think yes. it helps to understand that's the problem. I agree. Okay, right. Of what's happening. So when somebody's really shining a bright light, what I also do is say, why don't you shine other parts of you that are lagging behind? So super that you're a great athlete or you're a good performer. Or even, or even someone I've seen, like a Kelsey, who's so happy. I've I, seen people be oh, angry yeah. at people who would just come in with a smile. Like I've yeah. been that person too, coming in with a smile. Like, wait, what? just because you're, why are you so happy? I hate my life. I'm miserable. Yeah. What, you know? So, okay. So continue. So, so what, so what does Kelsey and I do? Like, what do we do? We do, we, we normally dim our light. That's what I've done. Don't dim your done. Light. You never want to dim your light because then they're winning. And that's basically giving them the message. You don't have to learn how to be who you are because others will dim their light. So you don't have to grow up. <laughs> you don't have or, to. Or you know what? I should say at this age, I just run away. I don't dim my well, I, I, run, I run away. <laughs> yeah, well, that's but, but it's not right. But that's not. We can't all run away, right? Yeah, and just you know what? Get well, it. Wait, is that a good thing to run away? Is that a good option? Sometimes, sometimes I my mother. I can speak about her on air because she's dead. Um, Hello, she was mother. she was a very flaming narcissist. My youngest son, I could never almost never, except maybe on Christmas, have him around my mother because he would throw up. He would literally- Was get... he born after the 1980s? Yes. Because we learned about the energy field of kids yes. born after the 1980s. Very sensitive. Yes. Oh, so, oh my goodness. Yeah. I kept him away. I mean, one time Good. I needed him to help me, um, help my mother pick out a new telephone, right? Right. You know, kind of a, a, a new iPhone. So we went a down a little there. simple exercise, you know, exactly. Take, take, I look, you take the kid to the zoo. You get to see the animals at the zoo. Cause you're going to have to have to meet some animals in your life. So it's valuable. All right. So what happened? Well, he left because he started, he literally got sick to his stomach. Got sick. Yes. He left. Uh -huh. Yeah. There's, there's certain people when I'm around, I just start getting ill. Stay away. The other thing is don't dim your light. Don't dim your success or your joy, Kelsey, or whatever it is. Right. Just shine other lights. It's not about like letting people know you also get miserable. That's none of their business, by the way. Right. You know, but if you're if you get a sense of the color of the light or the colors of the light, you usually shine like joy is a lot of orange. How do you see again as a guy? How do I see the color? Like Kelsey probably could see the color. Oh, you could. Just, just I was pause. thinking orange and then you said orange and I was like, yeah. Yeah. yeah see, orange, so, orange. Right. So, so but can, I, can the rest of us focus and just see? Well, what let's do your color. What's your color, Kevin? All right. So so just be quiet for a second inside right. yourself. And I'm not going to just do this for you, but I have a sense of a couple of your colors. If you, Kevin, were a color or a couple colors, and you could only pick one or two colors that you could ever wear, what would they be? Oh, wears clothes? Yeah, that's a way to get at it. Oh, I mean, gray or black. Or, <laughs> or gray, black, or white. Well, I mean, there's colors I would enjoy wearing, but I, yeah. Cindy, I am so in, and I think other people may be listening to this, I am so in practical work. This has been my problem. This is very 20th century. It's like, okay. I work really hard. I do physical and I do office work all day long. I wear black, white, so you don't see all the grease marks that I accumulate <laughs> right. on my body. You know all what right. I mean? I love I'm bright colors. Oh, my cars are bright colors. I, my films were always vivid colors. 
But there for me, go. it's always been my suit of armor. I've well, always you got you got a lot of red. I'm just gonna tell you, you got that is what I thought too. Ask a woman. All right, just ask a woman. I know, right. I know. Well, I, that's why we're better together. Yeah, you, you have guys have that superpower. We don't. Red is physical, it's doing, it's constructive, it's active. You know, you could have been a football player, baseball player. You can do absolutely anything physical. You're out there, you're real, you know, you're at it. That's about entrepreneurship. I would never want to hire you for a job job because you would be like, well, I'm not sitting in this box. Let me just go accomplish something. Like that's totally who you are. So even if you don't see a color, you know, the quality of who you are. And then if you're in an environment where you got these, you know, people you don't like, or you got to sit with them at a reunion or whatever it might be, just imagine putting other qualities out there also. All right. You can also emanate kindness or blue or whatever you might do. You know, it just sort of like gets them off of like what you're mainly portraying. So, but in a sense, isn't that dimming when I go? No, so if I go no, in and I'll be like, I'm amazing no. at waxing cars because I am. Like I just waxed three this weekend. They look fantastic. <laughs> like, so I'm um, forget that I built networks and everything else I've done. I'm good at, I'm also good at grooming dogs. Is that my light that I put out there? <laughs> I would hire you for that because okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm not great. I'm good at everything. I'm not great. No, you, you know, are. Like, I'm just you good, don't you know? dim what you are. You just add to it. So you never turn off to turn something else on. I see. Okay. Right. Okay. So it's, Makes so sense? it's more the other light bulbs. Yes. Little, other like little. Turn Christmas on some light. other light bulbs. Yep. You just do that, you know, and it'll get you through a situation where you just got to get through it, but you never dim because honestly, it's like giving people the message, right? Like they don't, they don't have to deal with their stuff. You can't make them deal with their stuff, but why should you dim because they're scared of who they are or they're you know, scared? I think of the something. people that have done that well, <clears throat> you almost see their body language. I'm visualizing the mentors and the people, elder people I know, men and women who do this well. So they almost like put their hands in front of them and they'll nod with a smile. And you know, you know, it's Margaret Thatcher, you know, it's the queen, you know, it's, but yet they're not throwing that out there. They're listening. How are you? And yeah, they're not dimming their light, but they're also not shining it. And yeah. And then the, the greats I know will ask you about the things in your life, you know, whether it's, you know, sports or cars or what do you what are your interests what books do you read like yeah or they're just yeah okay I, okay i see that um you just add more you don't dim you just add more you just bring up a different quality and uh, uh, you can't no, keep going time or you'll get exhausted right you just add more add more add more okay so do you have to speak to this and and and, and again i i i know we establish what so much of our problems come from our traumas and our past. And, and I, I hate getting hung up on them because I feel like this young generation just wants to hang their hat on them and be like, okay, well, I'm, I'm screwed. So, you know, I have to be guarded and why try? So I'm cautious. But if we can look at this stuff with compassionate curiosity to move to the next level. But the one alarming thing that I saw here, and I've heard this before, your ancestors um, and how much your ancestors play in who you are, and you have something you call the chemical soup made up of epigenomes. Um, and, and in this, ep this epigenome chemical soup in your body, it's comprised of 14 generations of ancestors' memories that inform you how to act, feel, and think. 
And, you know, so I think of my ancestors were peasants in Italy. My, my great grandparents were ditch diggers. My grandparents were ditch diggers. My dad was a ditch digger. But and so I think of that. Then I think of people who are from slavery or from other things, you know. Oof. So can we talk about this 14 generations yeah, that are in our chemical soups? Yeah, and it is depressing. I mean, Prince Harry's out there talking about it. You know, he's talking about transgenerational trauma. He's saying, look, look what I'm carrying. Look what slaves carry. Oof. I'm a Norwegian. You know, I don't think that's a terribly bright tribe. <laughs> a lot of alcohol. <laughs> so, but let me talk about the rest of the research about... Okay. You know, so we do carry at least 14 generations of our ancestral events. There's positive events in there as well as negative. I actually went through this uh, several years ago. I had arrhythmia um, every night between like 10 and midnight for several years. I would wake up with my heart racing. Now, half of it I figured out was because I'm personally allergic to alcohol. And I figured out my sisters and my mother were drinking during those two hours, I was absorbing it to try to heal it. And then I was literally almost getting alcohol poisoning. Kelsey, both our mouths are open. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and I fully believe this because oh, I, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. Half of it went away. The other half went away when I figured out that at the same age I was at, my grandpa, my grandpa Olaf had had heart issues. He was like 39, 40, something like that. And he was a farmer. He loved alcohol. You know, they raised cattle. Can you blame it. Olaf? Come on, man. He's oh, Olaf <laughs> liked his blackberry liqueur. I could yeah. go on about his, but and he made it too. It was pretty good. Um, <laughs> but the doctor said to him, "You got to quit farming. You got to quit eating meat. You got to quit alcohol." He said, "No." I <laughs> just said, "No." Well, I don't know. And he lived till ninety-one, and. I had the same heart issue start at this, you know, or, or going so on. It's because, but, but see, he probably, the energy, right? All that. Exactly. He just, yes. That was the ancestral energy. That's what, what was going on. So as soon as I was like, hey, I just picked this up from him. I had other relationships with him that I understood about from past lives and other events. And I'm like, hey, he was fine. I can be That's fine. Right. Done. It was absolutely done. So we may take stuff on. It can trigger. But even the science says if you in, if you involve yourself in a different environment than your ancestor was in, if they had bad food, eat good food. If they were around, you know, kind of bad situations, let yourself be around good situations. So changing your environment internally or externally, you can heal what it is you're carrying in your yes. ancestry. So it's not a death sentence. Become aware of it, but in a weird way, you're you're kind of sending healing backward in time, which means you can also send it forward in time. So it can go up line, down line. So it's not fate. What we carry isn't fate. It's not even our destiny. It's more about becoming aware and learning how we can empower ourselves to make different choices and be around different situations it, than maybe our ancestors it, were around. You're right. It does start with awareness. I always say it on the show. It's the people like you, Cindy, and all the successful people I interview. The one common thread you all have is you have an acute awareness. We can have it too. It starts with that. And then, you know, thanks to energy work for the everyday athlete, then you have practices once you have the awareness to manage all of this. Um, I want to, I want to talk about this because this is also something that really blew me away. Energy blocks. Um, 
and the problems caused by negative energies. I know we have physical blocks, but the 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 other ones that are subtle. And then, you know, how do we find those blocks? Because I do believe also in energy blocks. Yeah, can we talk about them. Yes, we can. Because I mean, if you think about the stat that ninety nine point nine 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 percent of us is subtle energy, we can sit here and go, "Oh my gosh, how am I going to ever find all those blocks?" <laughs> well. You don't have to find them all. You want to find the main ones. And I feel like it has to start too with trusting yourself. Like if I, Cindy, want to know what are my main subtle blocks, which might be old emotions, you know, maybe some place inside that I don't feel good about myself, maybe something my family stuck on me because it served them to call Cindy weird, which it did. And they did call me weird. All right. (laughs) Obviously, for you can see why. I mean, you know, whoever's heard. So I usually just try to go into myself and go, okay, something's uncomfortable. Where is it in my body? You know, kind of what does it seem like it's about? How is it infect, you know, infecting or impacting me? But a question if I'm looking for my own subtle blocks, which are yeah. hard to notice in, like an injury or mm-hmm. something like that. You know what I ask myself is who is this serving? Who's benefiting? I mean... Maybe a part of me is benefiting from, uh, you know, kind of not being successful or hiding myself when I'm in a so, group. So wait, so 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 you're in your assessment. You're yes. you you're saying your block is I'm not as successful as I should be. Yes. Or I'm not right. So okay, because I want to get to the assessment because yes. someone so like me, I'm going so fast and so furious. And I know this heel squad goes a lot faster than me because they have children and responsibilities. It's really hard. To say, okay, what are even my blocks? You know, so for your blocks, they were th- those things about success or whatever. About I mean. success. I had energy blocks that were about feeling bad about myself, okay. feeling like I was not enough, um, not knowing how to break through and really make a really good living. Okay, these are great. These are all very relatable. Okay, They're so very you, relatable, and so it doesn't knew, matter what our career is. Exactly. So you Right, so you knew that this was your block. So then what did, Cindy, what was the next step? So I literally, well, I went to therapy too. <laughs> okay, which is great. No, I know. Yeah, more awareness, more yep. awareness. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I went inside, and when things really started shifting for me, was when I was asking myself the question, even without like a lot of form around what's that subtle block, what's holding me back, how am I holding myself back? I really asked the question, who's benefiting? It's a, we don't like to think about family members or people we know benefiting from us not being able to be who we know we are yeah, or but, being really yeah. successful. But I'll tell you, it kind of comes down to that. Comes down to how other people around you <clears throat> are benefiting from whatever blocks you, you have. Less, from you being less, or you Ooh. being constantly injured, or you being in a car accident all the yes. time. You know, constant car accidents, or whatever it is that it appears like, the patterning can be you know, sort of easy to see, like I'm always in an accident. or I'm Yeah, this is a big one, right? right? There, there can't be coincidences for certain not. people. Not for patterns, not if you have patterns. Who's benefiting? In my world, the answer, and I can bless her soul, she's dead. We get along with each other really well now that she's dead. I mean, it actually ended up being more my mom. My yeah. mom oh, always Yeah, I feel to- that. Yeah. yeah, she wanted to be a writer. She was the dream analysis. She wanted to do what I was doing for a living. So I was like, well, I did a number of things when I really, really realized that. Obviously, I did my inner work. 
I decided I was also scared to be out there in the world. I worked on my issues. You know, one thing I did that really made a big difference. I had her write a book. I actually forced my So smart. Yes. Get her, do something constructive, productive, right? And and, and fill her cup with joy, right? So, oh, very smart. Great move. So she's in her 80s and I look at her and I go, mom, I think you're jealous of me because I'm writing books. Why don't I just help you finish your book? She was like, well, <laughs> and she went on. I, and on. Said, I give you so much credit. I would have, I wouldn't have said the first part because usually then well, they I get so it. angry and they, t- so she, it, <laughs> she, she knew did. anyway. Okay. If I, I but showed the second up. part was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. For two years, every time I showed up once a week in her apartment, we worked on her book. You know what? For two years, the kind of thing she said to me is, you're the mean daughter. You're making me work. You're making me do what I don't Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't want to break through the glass ceiling. Yeah, no, because she's been 80 years of being a, a vampire. Like I said earlier, she didn't want to break through. She's too scared to go over to the other side where she actually might have a year of happiness or joy or bliss or fulfillment. Yeah. She wrote the book. It's out in the world. It's sold. I mean, it wasn't. Was she happy? Was, at the, was she? Oh, my gosh. Please tell she me. Was thrilled. See? Oh, chills all over my body. Book. Great she, job, Cindy. She gave, you know, little mini readings and dream see, analysis. See how light took out darkness, everyone. Note to everyone. You know, wow. Yeah. Good job. See? Yeah. And wow. You got to be proud for the rest of your life. You did that. What God? I am. I am. So, but I think that question, I don't even remember a therapist ever asking me this was who's really benefiting from me being less than or sick all the time or this or that or the other thing. And you know, most of the time the people that are benefiting, <clears throat> here's the irony. It's like they're you're they're benefiting from getting drugs or from getting you're just you're just perpetuating something and making them worse. It's almost like feeding them heroin or any other kind of pleasure-inducing thing that is not making them better and ultimately is only making them worse. And most of the time, you know what I mean? That's why it doesn't make it doesn't even make sense. Yeah. But we never look at it like that. Is I, I really like looking at that. Well, my son has had to deal with a few things. He's an athlete and you know, he asks those kind of questions and he has his own therapist, not just his mother. Okay. Um, <laughs> right. Well, they don't, I know. Cause they get too close <laughs> no, to us. No, no, they, no, no, no. Yeah. Right. You got to separate out. Yeah. But, but so many times he's thought, you know, here's all these men in my dad's family who almost got to live their dreams almost. So it mm. can seem like they're supportive of him, but in the end, they don't really want him going any farther than they did. So I never understood that. Thank God I had a dad who was like, I want you so much bigger and better than me. <laughs> like Yay! you are. Be- and he always said, you are better than me. That's why I was like, you don't have an excuse. You're better than me. Stop it. You're smarter than me. You're more educated. No, no excuse. Like, I don't get it, but I do see dads. I see dads in our business that are just jealous of the sons who are super successful. And I'm like, wait, I, I don't get this. But it happens, right? It happens. And it's that subconscious, unconscious little boy part of them that's like, yeah, but then I could have done better. I've come up against that in my own life. And, um, you know, know what I say to those fathers, because I meet some of them, I say to them, hey, dummy, you did do better because that was your it wasn't the book you wrote or the Oscar you got or the the five Fortune 500 company you built. It's that person that you built. It's that 
child that you built who became super successful. That's you. That's why you're freaking amazing. There's your Oscar and it's living and breathing and loving and giving. And that's you, you know, like, now shut up and get back to work. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> I know my oldest son is so way more successful than I honestly at some level have ever been. Isn't that amazing? He yeah. Has his, his age and I'm like, I'm the proud mama. <laughs> well, Maria's, here's Maria's dad. You know, he comes from village in Greece. He, him and the wife worked so hard. She worked herself to death. And he sometimes, you know, he doesn't say it as much anymore. But in his like 60s and 70s, he would say to me, Kevin, I worked so hard my whole life and I have, I have nothing. I don't understand why. I'm like, you have Maria. And I said, you made Maria. And you know what I mean? You, you never have to work again. You're good. Like, you look at you. So, okay, so you don't own the 60 acres you live on, but you you do. Like, you won't, you know, like, and and over the years, it's like I, I, I'll always point out when she's doing something. She doesn't say, go, hey, hey, your daughter. That's you. And I'll, and I'll always remind him. And remember, you taught her this. Remember, you said this. And you forbade this. And you gave her this lesson. Show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. All these like things. And so he's now over the time, like, you've succeeded past everybody. I'm like, you just don't know it. You know, but now he's starting to, thank you God. You sound really good for him. That is like so, well, that goes back to that. It's truth though. That's epigenetics. Yeah. You know what? What we shift to goes down line too. I remember several years ago, um, I had two my two sons in a really, really not healthy marriage. And I was driving from a therapy session, a co-joint therapy session. And all of a sudden I knew I could die at that moment. Like I had an out. It was like, if I wanted to, I could be done and that I'd be in a car accident. And it was so bizarre because I felt like my soul turned around in my body and looked at both my boys. And I was very dispassionate and not emotional. And I could see my oldest son. And my thought was, he doesn't think he needs me anymore, but he does. And I saw my youngest son and I thought, he really needs me. I can't leave. Who do I think I am? I have to stay for these boys. And honestly, no matter what else I've done in my life, I really believe I've been here to set them up in life. They they don't owe me anything. It's not dependent. It's not like that old fashioned, right? Reverse it around and take care of your mother. My oldest son over Christmas, we were hanging around and he goes, now, no offense, mom, but I really don't want you to be that mother who just comes and lives with us ever. I go, that's not happening. <laughs> I said, I don't know what you made. Make All right, you I might have to talk to your sons. Uh, that's that's where I, no, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm okay. So call me 20th century. And it's not about, oh, it's just about the certain things. It's just the right thing to do with life. Sorry. It's true. <laughs> and I, so I'll say it to parents too, do, it's your job. Shut up. Do your job. But then I'll say to the kids, I, I tell the, all the kids in the early 20s, hey, now it starts turning. Mom and dad start to become your kids. And yes, I get the dysfunction of them draining you and all that. No, okay, fine. With boundaries. But come on. You know, I mean, you know, that that I don't go for. So we don't, <laughs> right. we don't need to get into that right now because I'm to about to lose you. So I need to – I want to talk about – um. The energy, the going back to the negative subtle charges, the energetic constructs, the contracts, and the curses. I know that's woo woo, but I mean, I don't know. Like it's I, not woo woo, but it, I see a lot of that. 
you go into just about every culture that still lives, you know, kind of according to ancient principles, you know, love yourself, take care of others. There's invisible realms that are always impacting us. What are we doing with those? All right. So there's two basic, like the sticky notes, which are, we have, I call them energy markers on those sticky notes. There's two basic types of contracts or energetics that impact us. There's attachments and there's holds. So attachments are things like that energy marker. Attachments are like curses that you could even inherit, you know, family to family or all the girls have this one or all the boys have this happening to them all the time. Uh, and holds are kind of repressions, like when you don't get to be who you are, because maybe an ancestor, maybe a father or a mother thinking they're protecting you has this energy around you that won't let you break free. I'm going to give you a strange story. Um, but it's a good story. Several years ago, I had a chiropractor friend of mine send me a woman to work with. She had three daughters. And for generations, this is really a spooky story. For generations, any man, maybe two, three generations, that the women girls married into, the man would die. Who would marry them, right? But the man would die after about five years. Like it was a pattern. This woman had lost, my client had lost two husbands, her three daughters, two of them had already lost a husband. Oh. Her youngest daughter was going to be get, getting married. And she's like, what is going on? Well, m using my woo-woo gifts, I saw a few generations back, this whole complicated sort of, uh, there was a woman who was in love with this one man and um, she wanted to marry him. But you know, kind of the dad went letter and he married to this really not nice man who married and then, I mean, literally murdered the fiance that she really wanted. So it's almost like there was some strange energetic agreement that then anybody that they were in love with, if they married them would die. And it kept happening. So we just broke it. We just decided we get to be done with that. That's, that's a curse. That's a cord. That's patterning. And I heard from this client several years later, none of the new husbands had died. <laughs> she herself had remarried and everybody seemed to still be. So, she, so she became aware and changed. Did she? Exactly. Can exactly. I, okay, Cindy, can I bring it back to sports in your book? Yeah. I have a crazy regular guy theory about the Boston Red Sox. You ever hear of the curse of the babe? <laughs> yes. The curse of the babe. <laughs> curse of the babe. Right. They traded Babe Ruth for like a bag of donuts and they, ne they never won again yep. for 100 years, no matter how much that team was stacked. And that great, great players, Jim Rice, Kari Strampsey, a lot of amazing players. Ted Williams, probably one of the greatest of all time, couldn't win. And then all of a sudden in whatever early 2000s, they have a team, a bunch of idiots, they call themselves. And it's one of the most diverse, it's the most diverse team the Red Sox have ever put on the field, let alone maybe one of the most diverse in baseball at the time. You had all these different cultures. Now, for 100 years, um, there are many rumors that the Red Sox were a very racist organization. They notoriously never really had a lot of African-Americans or, or for them, they had some and the ones they had were amazing, but they did not have many. Um, the word was the owner was you know, on the racist side. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get into something so negative because I think there's a silver lining and it shows progress. But then all of a sudden they put that, that team on the field 
they have to go against the Yankees, one of the best Yankee teams. They're down 3-0. Like no team in history has ever come back 3-0. They all join together and as a group and as one. They win one game. They're all jumping at home plate like little kids, like they won the World Series. And this was just a playoff series. And they went on to make history, and they've not looked back. But I feel like that curse was based on racism and once we broke that now it's been yes yes is there any do you think there's any truth to that oh gosh yes i think it's totally true i think this is how it works because often behind curses or these energy contracts or holds or sticky notes or whatever they attract forces they attract uh negative invisible energies they attract negative parts of people and they attract what I call forces, which are dark forces, light forces, or good forces and bad forces. I worked in this very room, you can't really see the room, with a man who came in to see me. He had just been diagnosed with cancer, all right, cancer of the trachea. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what were you doing about the time you were, you know, getting diagnosed, you know, what started right before then, because I kept seeing this big black energy around him. Really good guy, though. He goes, I started to write a book about growing up in a family that was in the Ku Klux Klan. So literally, it was like some dark force was trying to stop him right in the throat, by the way, has to do with what his voice to tell So we sent the thing away. Once you become aware, once you do something really good, you can get rid of a dark force, right? Like mm-hmm. like anti-racism, which right. is what happened on the Red Sox. Or you get aware of something and you just decide not here anymore. So we sent the thing away and we are leaving my office. There's a set of stairs over there. The dogs start howling in my kitchen. Now they wait up there for treats. <laughs> they don't howl. They don't get treats if they howl. All right. I go up to see why they're clawing at the door. Mm. I make it to the kitchen landing. My client comes out. He's rounding the stairs and all my bookcases fall down. Oh, yeah. They're spirits. The cake, my, my yeah. boys from the KKK were no, not pleased. They didn't. They weren't pleased. They, couldn't they were not them, pleased. But they were Oof. really. Well, it just shows that it's real. Two, the cancer was gone. The cancer went away. I don't care if it's the chemo that worked. Right. But if you get out of a negative patterning, especially when it's really wrong, we know that racism is wrong. We know sexism is wrong. We know genocide is wrong. We all know this. But I do believe there's dark forces involved in that. If you get enough people together to hold something positive or if you just say no, you can shift something. Do you also subscribe to the theory that when someone does get an injury, it's tied to something more. A case in point, I had a friend who um, one of my therapists was working with who broke her ankle and just kept having all these things go wrong with her body. And then finally she broke her ankle. And my therapist had said, I think it's be- I said, what's the deeper meaning of this? She said, I think because she's always running. She's always running and running and running away from her problems. Do you subscribe to that too when it's I do. I I mean I think sometimes a cold is a cold is a cold. Right. right? Yeah. Agreed. I agreed. Like paranoid about it. You know, right. I tend to get sick almost every, you know, like holiday season, you know, in the in the winter. It's cold. I'm I hate cooking. I'm putting on 
dinner. I hate cooking. It stresses me out totally. The only year I didn't get sick is I just ordered in from Whole Foods, which is really what I'm going to do this coming year. All right. Uh So sometimes it's just stress, right? Sometimes we're just not paying attention. But if there's a patterning, absolutely. Yeah. Like knees are about direction we're going. Ankles is about Hey, you know, like yeah, I, I roll my ankles all the time. I have to when I play yeah. basketball, I have to tape them up. What is yeah. that? It's a patterning. You know, ankles are about holding ourselves in place versus moving forward and how to find that balance with ourselves. So you're a mover, you're a shaker. Probably your ankles are saying you can sit sometimes or at least sit and do sometimes. It's a message, right? The body messages us. It's it's sort of like I never look at my Facebook messages, but, you know, it's sort of like the body's doing that to us. It's sending us texts. I think of it that way. Speaking of text and digital forces, how do you contend with that, Cindy? I don't like digital forces. So that's a whole way we're getting traumatized right now. Yes. Texts, emails, catfishing, this, that, ghosting, you know, way too much. I tell you, when it comes to that stuff, I'm really practical. I have this attitude that nobody gets to see the wizard. I get to be the wizard unless I want them in my life. Yeah. (laughs) I don't give anybody my cell phone, uh, except if they're a friend. Um, You know, I've got an assistant. I erase a lot of emails. If something starts to look yeah, I get rid of it. I mean, why do they get to contact us? I don't read my Facebook messages. I mean, I do my personal Facebook because I can kick people off if I want to. So I think we've really got to guard ourselves. I think there's something to It's funny. I'll do that. And my wife get mad at me, but she's like, where's this email? Where's this text? I'm like, I erased it. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, it was just dark and angry and negative or whatever. And I, I just want, and I just, I'm just doing it as a reaction, but is it a healthy one? Yes. <laughs> I mean, oh, okay. you're getting my vote. I'm not the only person in the universe, but it's sort of like, why would I want to read something negative? Every so often I, you know, I get these long emails about how I'm going to go to hell and this and that. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to worry about that till I'm dead. So whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly not going to read about that now from somebody I don't even know. Am I? Yes. And it goes back to their energy and understanding them and try to have empathy for them. But also I always say, um, you know, for all the problems people have, it doesn't mean you have to be the target. Like, I get you're angry over society. I get you're angry over whatever. I, I understand that. And I have empathy for you. Doesn't mean I have to get ev- eviscerated or sliced or beat, you know, like I'm going to step aside. I don't think we can take ourselves too seriously. I mean, I love my work, but it's not all that I do. I'm good with my life. I don't need to go out there more. I mean, I love you guys. You know what I mean? And I'm just as happy, you know, watching Netflix. I mean, I'm sort of like, I think we can't take ourselves too seriously. Maria's the same way. Honestly, she's always just wants to be hanging with friends and having fun. Like, you know, I got a text seven years ago that, that taught me. I don't know how this client got my my personal email. It's all very revealing that they did. Continue. Yeah, which is sort of scary. So <laughs> yeah. midnight, I get a text from this client. No kidding. My husband just died. He's laying next to me in bed. What do I do? Oh I'm like, don't text me. <laughs> and it was that point. I'm like, I'm tightening the ship. I'm just tightening the ship. Wow. 
Simple. I would have been like, okay, step one, you're going to want to call 911. <laughs> step two, you're going to. You're I, nicer than me. <laughs> no, I don't know how healthy that is. I don't know. I, I think this, I, you know. Oh, man. Yeah, I carried two. I, yeah. Yeah. I guess it just. Yeah. What do you do in a situation? Like, you know, you, I want to help somebody, but is you just self-preservation kicks in? Yeah. I just, I, I just got her off my, I just, you know, what do you ever, I just spammed it. <laughs> and I thought, I just yeah. got to be more careful who's getting to me. <laughs> well, we have sometimes with this show, we have wonderful people reach out and we we're, we're grateful they reach out for help because we want to help them. And cause they're, they're so helpful to us, but then we do have, and it's probably a 1% that is like, uh, I have a cold today. And if Kelsey doesn't respond two minutes, hello, question marks, question marks. Okay, fine. I'll just handle it on my own then. I mean, and poor Kelsey, you know, she's in her 20s. She's like, what, Kevin, what the, you know, and I'm like, okay. It affects me so much. I'm like, well, what do I no, do? It, no, to me, to a degree, it does as well. And, and But I'm like, ultimately, like, okay, no, you know what? Just then, okay, go. Like, okay, if we're not enough for you, then maybe yeah. you, you know, I had a good, uh, uh, I, I was talking to uh, Yogi Cameron, who does our show a lot. So he's always coaching and counseling people. And so he said sometimes the response is, you know, um, I'm not the coach or the advocate for you. You know, there's, there's maybe someone else out there that can help you, but that's not me. You know, maybe there's other resources. I'm hoping there's other resources out there, but I'm not obviously not it, you know. So yeah. I think that's, that's a really a, polite response. Like, yeah, I'm not the right person. <laughs> well, because you know what? You don't want to trigger them either. Like, I mean, I guess it's on them, except when they do something to you or someone else. You kind of I think you have to be a little bit aware and smart, you know, sure. and, I, and I guess like and also like Cindy, like if the ultimate goal, even with coaching is to reach. So the way I look at it, when I'm coaching people, it's like I'm thinking of what's the end goal. And right. so if I get them too angry that's going to prevent them from getting the breakthrough. So I try to, you know, word things in a way that's truth. I'm not right. lying, but I'm also not going to give them the full, the negative truth. You know, I just. You're going, to be hurt. You're going to be hurt. And I think our heart tells us, is this somebody to help or not? Is this a timing to help? See, or but there's not? that awareness. It's that pause. Yes, awareness. You brought yes. that up. And it's. See, the we don't do that. It's a pause to say, say what you just said. It's an asking of a question to yourself. Is this someone that I should be helping. Yeah. Yeah. Even with coaching, right? With coaching athletes, you know, there's just oh, certain yeah. people. Oh my God. Kelsey sent me someone a few weeks ago. Please. This person really needs help. Needs help with the career came in and was just negative, 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 negative. And I'm like, I, I, it's nothing I can do. I, you know, it, you seem like you've got to figure it out that you're screwed and nothing's going to work. It's nothing I can do, you know, yeah. but you were oh, taking my awesome. time away from someone else that I could be giving my free time to who actually, you know, it has the right outlook. And like you said, even here with negative charges, it's not like it's not just moving them to positive, just move them to neutral. Even that's enough to do is just go into neutral and then just ask yourself, is this for me to do? I learned that in the Sufi uh, system. I'm not really a Sufi, but I've done some Sufi. What is Sufi? Meditation. It's a it's a form of meditation. It's a it's basically a religious approach, you know, where you're going into your heart and you're just being really honest with yourself and whatever you call God, you know, and just saying, is this for me to do? 
what is mine to do next? So it brings you into your heart. And, I, and we don't have to have a religion to do that. You know, it's just that question inside, like, is this for me to do or not? Is this for me to be aware of or not? Yeah. So I think it's about awareness and self-honesty, too. Yes. Which we don't do. We don't have that pause. And then pause that pause and then the pause to ask the question, but then it's a, like a double pause to come up with the answer. Because when you asked me about color, I paused, but it's like, you know, I, I needed, I would need a lot of time and other people's help because I'm, I'm so programmed. Just get up, go, 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 fix, fix, solve, go fight, <laughs> defend. Right. So I, I mean, all right, well, Cindy, I could go on oh, and on. Really fun. I really want to have you back. The book is Energy Work for the Everyday to the Elite Athlete. But honestly, it's this, not about it's, no, it's really not. It's about <laughs> it's anyone who wants to be productive uh, right. and heal, heal, heal. And, and to have the most you know productive and effervescent life that you, you can have and you deserve yes. to have. And I think that in a time of social media where now we are way too connected and yet so disconnected. But we have so much of this energy coming at us that this is so necessary. I mean, people just, I, I, yeah, seeing how people are suffering, um, and I don't, I don't see it subsiding. So I think we have to find these other modalities. But there's something bigger going on. And I'll tell you something else: millennial athletes and Gen Z athletes. I know coaches. They're doing way more physically than they've ever done, and the next gen will do even more. But yet, at the same time, there's there's a different um, means to program. There's a different map that they have that the old generation doesn't totally. you can see some of the older coaches now are aging out. They, they don't know how to talk to this new gen. So I think even as a parent, this was, you know, super helpful. And I, I think, and Cindy can, hopefully I know you have to go, but can we get more time with you? Oh, I'd love to. Oh my gosh. You guys are some um, of my favorite people. Oh yes, my I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to skip your texts. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Okay. Cindy, where do we find you? World. <laughs> where do we find you, Cindy? CindyDale.com. It's all Cindy. on one website. CindyDale.com. All right, Cindy. Yeah. So I, I have to find my energy blocks. After we didn't even get into the four six breath. But anyway, the book has all. Yeah, that book has all techniques. It's got a lot in it. It's to move really you. Cool. No, but it's great. It's really a. This is like a good keepsake to have to keep to refer to, um, because the second half of the book has all the solutions. You know, we went over all the problems, but the solutions that are here, and also like those too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But also like, you know, notes, not just for the, for the person, but for the coach. And so yeah. it says athlete, but I think it's all of us for the solutions for the athlete. But then I think the solutions for the coach is for the, the, the parents, the leaders, the managers. Exactly. Anybody. You know? Yeah. Just and anyone trying to help yes. other people. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank really, you. really great, Cindy. Thank you so much. And Thank yeah, let's, guys. let's, let's keep this conversation going. please. Lots of blessings. As a first-time mom of the baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag. 
and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Okay, yeah, Kelsey. <laughs> yeah, powerful. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm still laughing that I was thinking that you were red too. And then she said, I literally said it out loud to Caroline. I said red and blue. You know, and then she said both. They say red though is also blood. It's martyrdom. Okay. Well, don't, we no, don't no, no, but then also, no, no, but also it's also makes you want to eat. That's why AMC theaters and it's, it's, there's something compelling but, about it. I don't it. think we need to, we're talking about branding though. We're talking about your coloring. Your, I know, your but colors. the meaning behind those colors, I'm just saying, okay. I don't, know if, I don't know if they tie in. Listen, I'm a regular guy <laughs> from another world, from another century. So this right. is right. new to me. Um, no, she's amazing. She, I mean, talking even about the, like the blocks, how we like the subtle blocks and then big blocks. I think that's cool that you can kind of get like in touch with them. And I don't know. I, I took a lot of blocks notes. And, well, I mean, I everything. Think, I think what we did in this interview, if we had another hour, we'd probably get into, okay, more of the solutions. But what I noticed with myself when I turned, you know, the, the microscope on me that I I couldn't even figure out what the blocks and problems were. So I think it's good that we focused on, you know, what the problems are and then how to take the time to find out what the problems are and the blocks are energy blocks are in your life. And then you can't move to getting rid of them until you establish what they are. So, um, yeah, but you can see Kelsey, like where probably your stomach and even my lungs, you know, the, have, since COVID, it's hard to breathe. And and I'm noticing, you know, I was noticing it getting better, but then I was noticing where it was it's getting heavy again. And and now I'm realizing it it's a lot tied to energy. Oh yeah. And you know, and yeah. I agree. It's like the the ebbs and flow of it all. And when she was talking about the allergies too, I was like, oh, because that is so I was allergic to everything. Everything. Yeah. And yeah. Then, Do you think you would take I mean, I have my theories, but, oh, yeah. my theories, but you think oh, you're yeah. just taking on a lot, right? I think I was taking a lot, but I also think that my body was almost like I was so sensitive and I was ignoring how sensitive I was. And so my yeah. body was like, okay, then we're going to make you allergic to life. So you actually, and you make you sick if yes. you eat. So, and now it's a lot better, but, but, you, see, but you see how she, as, as she was more evolved in the, she was evolved in the sense where she noticed the son was sick around the toxicity yep. of the mom yep. and pulled him right out. Well, it's so crazy. Cause even I was you thinking know. about like, there were times poor Erica every time we would go she we had to split gyms when we were gymnasts growing up she went to this gym this is your sister Erica correct and okay. there was this group that she ended up going with she had to go there because of school whatever it didn't matter but they were kind of toxic and nasty yeah. and she would get sick Erica would literally puke and my mom would have to come pick her up yeah because she's every very sensitive day, yeah every day and yeah. I was at the other gym like why is she puking? But it's and really important like, oh to have gosh. this awareness. And this is why, the, you know, the millennials, like I do, like I, I feel bad as much as like, I, you know, I like to have fun with the with them. Mm -hmm. I feel bad because you can't, obviously came in with this heightened sensitivity at a time where we were just being introduced to all this connectivity. But then the parents 
didn't really know how to manage it because they didn't understand that there's a heightened sensitivity. So you either got the suck it the F up, which was good in some ways, Mm -hmm. or you got the let's erase it all and completely anesthetize you. That's not healthy either. But now hopefully with this new awareness that, you know, you are more, the kids are more evolved in terms of their sensitivities and then we're more aware of energy and it's just like, you know, that maybe it's and knowing as a parent, when do you redline and push through mm-hmm. because you have to sometimes hang in to get success. And when do you go, you know what? No, not right. Not right. I, I don't know that answer. I'm not yeah. a parent, but I think that again, awareness, just aware that this is the, this is real. And that, you know, our, our children have heightened sensitivity systems in a world of heightened insanity that's more exposed. And knowing that the old way isn't necessarily the way. Yeah. If you figure it out. <laughs> but but it's also not throwing all that away either. Right. So it's that balance. fine. It's yeah. fine in that balance. But um, also really that, that whole what sticky note you wear. Oh, yeah. And how, uh, yeah, and it seems like the answer to that, I guess I I wasn't that far off in my own life. It's just get out, get away from it. It seemed like that was the answer. And then all, and if you can't get away from it, don't dim your light, but brighten up other lights in you that are more relatable to those people that are like offended or angry about your light, whatever light you're bringing. Well, and like, like she was saying, like, don't, don't make it your story, right? Like, don't, because then that's the energy that you're actually going to put out to the world. And and that's, listen, that's a big concern of mine is when I hear, again, young people coming in, you know, I I deal with a lot of interns that I'm I'm trying to coach to get to, you know, when they go out to the work world. But once we've had some Kelsey we've sat with and they were looking, they're looking for where the trap door is to open. They're looking for the gun on my holster I'm carrying that I'm going to use to shoot them. They're looking for, you know, they're looking for that. And it's like, you're going to find it if that's what you're looking for. Um, and again, that's, you know, the, we've painted this ugly world for them. So why wouldn't they be thinking in that way? But I don't think you can have fulfillment and joy and success. Um, if that's what you're thinking, I think you're going to get that back. But there's a fine line. There's a time you have to protect yourself. But I think that I see a lot of that. That's their sticky note. Um, it's you're going to hurt me. The world's have to get me. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're right. Mm-hmm. The world's out to get me. Um, the world is, is set it up so I will fail. Um, yeah. That's hard. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm now at the point where I, I had someone last week that I was coaching an intern and was bringing a lot of energy. And I just remember saying to some, one of our staff, like, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm like, I, I'm like exhausted and I have a headache because I just physically was so drained from trying. Um, I had to get out. I had to get away from it. It's funny, bringing it back to sports. I remember talking to a professional hockey player, I forget his name. And he was telling me about, because I said, God, hockey, as I've gotten older, it's so strange to me how fighting is a penalty, but yet it's part of the game. Like actual drop gloves 
and punch each other in the face to a guy. I mean, and you know, when I was younger, I was like, oh, whatever. But now I look at it, I'm like, it's kind of crazy. Really, aren't we just trying to get the puck into the net? I understand checking and that stuff, or if it gets physical, but anyway, I was talking to him and he said, you know, sometimes it is part of the game. And we got past that thing. But one of the things he said to me, he's like, sometimes you'll get on the ice with a team that's so violent. He's like, that all you want to do is get off the ice. You just want the game to end. So they almost have you beat, but, but also you almost live to fight another day. So I don't know. I always took that as something interesting. Sometimes you just got to get off the ice. You, just, you, you know, when you're around all this like dark, like violent energy or whatever, you just got to, you just got to get out of there. You know, you have to recuse yourself, but, but how are we going to have a world? I swear to God, we're going to have worlds of, people living on either in, in, in housing development or like, or like one acre parcels of land or communities where we're growing our own vegetables and we're separated. And, you know, I get it, but, but at the same time, like, I don't know if we can make it that way because we have to coexist. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't think we can all make it by running. Away. Well, what do you mean? You think we're going to have, you think we're going to have world to, I don't get what you're saying. Oh, well, I'm just saying like, in the one hand, I say, get off the ice, get mm-hmm. away from the madness. Right. Of course. But if we all run away ah, God. and we're all alone, like on our, like, like our farm in the middle of mm. nowhere, um, you know, like, and know. not only when there's the means for that, but even if you do, I, I don't know. Yeah, you're okay for your generation, but ultimately we're connected. We're a community. Like, right, right. We need other people. Yeah, I, I think, think it's the extreme case. Yeah, I think a lot of us just like take on a lot of the extremes that we don't need to, right? So it's like, well, that's social it's media stuff. Yeah, yeah. The mean, extremes like, is starting with that. Like, can, can I just? I was just going to send out a, an energetic to YouTube, please. Energetic message to YouTube. Only suggest wrestling videos from the seventies, eighties, <laughs> and nineties, um, and really good music. That's all I want. Maybe okay. A and couple only of positive comments. And a couple of classic car videos. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all. I don't want to see anything else. You know, like, because yeah, that's because what is it? You know, it it I don't know. I don't know. I, it goes back, I don't just be good on the microtransactions, but I think that back to the energy is, you know, try to put out the good energy and seek the good energy too. You know, I think that's a big thing. If you go out and you're seeing everything being horrible, it will be. Um, but I think if you if you see the good, you'll get more of the good. I will say asterisks. There are certain situations, and she was admitting it, that are just that really are just toxic and horrible. And then get off the ice. Just get out of there. You know, just get out of there. That goes for family. That goes for friends. And that goes for companies. Just Get out love and light to all of you. This is all for you to be dark and tear each other down, but uh, it's not for me. Anyway, all right. Well, Kelsey Alexander Meyer, um, as always, lots to think about, lots to consider. Cindy Dale. Lots to take in. Cindy with an I. Cindy a Y Dale. and an I. Excited. A y and an I. Why? Mm-hmm. Cindy. CindyDale.com. Energy work for the everyday to elite athlete. And uh, as we say in Boston, we'll talk shortly. 
But Kelsey, how do we get out of here? We say be nice people, make good choices and be present. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or MariaMenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.